and welcome to this week's Leader's Guide for the Fall Quarter of Life Groups. This resource is provided to help you prepare and effectively lead your group. For your convenience, you can also download a written version of the guide under Life Group Leader Tools at gatewaycrc.org forward slash life groups. Remember to tune in each week and to look out for the weekly edition of Life Group Leaders Weekly. Let's join Adam Van Dopp now as he introduces this week's material. Well, hello there, Life Group leaders. This is now week number five of our fall 2022 semester of Life Groups here at Gateway Church. Uh, we've now crossed over the halfway mark of our semester, and uh, you could call it that we are on the home stretch into the final couple weeks of our meetings. Uh, these semesters always go by so quickly, uh, but I love the sense of what we are doing as we meet together, pray together, read scripture together, and uh, just converse and share life together as uh, God's people. Uh, well, let's jump into the guide right away and uh, talk about your coming meeting this coming week. Uh, so in preparation for your fifth meeting, uh, one of the things that we want to be aware of is that there are sometimes some members of our groups who don't always show up. They're a little less committed. Uh, not that we want to send a guilt trip or uh, do anything like that, but we want to check in on them. And so one thing I would encourage you to do this week is to reach out to some of those people whom you haven't really seen out at your group if you haven't done so already. Send them a text, give them a call, just checking in. Not, not trying to be pushy or uh, make them, again, feel guilty for not coming, but just say hello, catch up, talk to them about their lives and how they're living and the things that they are going through as an individual or as a family. Uh, and then thinking about this coming week, there's a few things we need to catch up on. Uh, we have a contest winner. We had four groups this past couple weeks submit some pictures of their groups and drawn out of a hat, my colleague, uh, my partner in crime here, here at the church, uh, Pastor Jason, he happily took out of uh, the hat uh, a name of a group that submitted uh, a number of pictures. And this group is the Floris Herman group. So Inika or Monique on Sunday morning, uh, please come find me at the hub. We will have their uh, uh, your your prize, your $50 gift card, uh, so that you can buy treats for your group this coming week and do a little bit more than maybe you would have done otherwise. Uh, so congratulations to you as your group. And thank you to the rest of you who did submit some pictures, but we'd want to get in the habit of submitting pictures. So we're going to do another uh, little picture challenge and a new incentive deal for the most creative group selfie. Uh, from this week on until November 5th, submit to me uh, all that you can do to pull off a great group selfie. Uh, as uh, in the most creative of ways. Uh, think of uh, when you're out for your social, being silly, uh, serving out in the community, um, everyone wearing goofy hats or Mickey Mouse ears, something silly. Uh, it doesn't bother me. What? Well, maybe it does. Just be creative and be nice. Uh, the prize will be the same, a $50 Visa card for your group's next treats. And again, submit those via email or text or uh, do something like that. And also, finally, I, I want, I, I'd love just to hear from you as leaders. Uh, send me an email to my email or text me to my phone number uh, a response to this question. This fall 2022 season, what has been your most favorite moment so far as you have been meeting with your groups? I would just love to hear some stories, uh, some aha moments, some good conversation. Just share with me I would, uh, some of the things that are going on in your groups. And uh, we would love just to hear some of those things together. Again, I'm just going to remind you some attendance. Uh, there's some groups that aren't always getting there. Just please just remind you, uh, fill in that attendance sheet as you can. That was super, super helpful for us as ministry leaders here at the church. Now let's jump into the actual guide and the discussion that we're going to be having this coming week. First off is, of course, our getting to know you section where we have two questions there. The first is, what is your top recommendation to do in our area? 
How many times have you found yourself uh, wondering with your friends or your family, hey, what should we do? Well, why not have some of that conversation here in your life group? Uh, chat about your favorite local things to do. And honestly, if you ask Pam and I, we're going to say one of two things. Uh, one is to go to banter for ice cream or uh, to go for bike rides on the Vetter Canal area and all the trails there. Those two are the things we love doing the most. Uh, second question is, what song do you remember the most from your days in high school? Now, flash yourselves back uh, to the days of high school, whichever decade that's going to be. And there's going to be a bunch. And I think it's going to be great. Uh, bring back the memories of good songs attached to good times with good people. And maybe maybe if you can, have a device nearby and listen to the song on YouTube, Apple Music, or Spotify. And just enjoy uh, some of that moment together. But be careful. Don't take too much time. But just enjoy those moments. Uh, and, you know, even as we're speaking here, two songs for me come to mind as uh, definitive for my high school years. And one of them is uh, the Superman song by Crash Test Dummies. It is such a silly song, but for some reason, it just places myself back in grade 11 once again. And uh, there's a few other songs. Uh, one is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Uh, that's probably earlier high school for me where that one really stood out. Uh, but two songs that just stand out as uh, defining uh, things for me in my life. Uh, and no real meaning to them whatsoever, but those are just raw songs that me and my friends all really grabbed hold of for some odd reason or not. Quick review section again. These are uh, a chance for us to review what we have learned, not to critique the message. Uh, so look back at your notes. Was there anything that caught your attention? You know what to do. This was one. You've been doing this now for five weeks. This is great. Second question is a question that Pastor Justin offers us. He says, this past week, Pastor Justin identified two marks of Daniel's faithful witness versus two marks of a well-meaning, unfaithful Christian. Share with your group which side you typically lean toward and share with each other how you can use Daniel's example to grow in being a faithful witness. Which leads us then into scripture review, where we have a chance now to, as a group to read the scripture passage. Read, if you can, if you feel like you have time in your group, read all of Daniel 4. Capture this entire testimony in one whole sitting. Take turns reading paragraph to paragraph, or even read the condensed uh, couple verses that we've uh, suggested there in the leader's guide. And then talk about the passage. What have you learned? What are you discovering? What are you being striked, uh, stricken about in, in this passage? And then, of course, lead yourselves into the Digging Deeper section where we dive deeper into the themes and to the conversations around this particular text. So read Daniel chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 in the first question here. Daniel appears after all of the other wise men have had their chance to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Given how God gave Daniel the interpretation to the dream in chapter 2, why do you think it now plays out this way? Well, you might want to bring your group back to chapter 2 here and remind yourselves about the scenario and how that all played out. Uh, here, a little recap, as you can listen here. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has his dream. He wants his team of wise men to tell him both the dream and the interpretation. They'll be chopped off if they don't. They'll be blessed with gifts if they do. Uh, but they can't. And so the wise men start dying. They start killing them. And they come to Daniel to off his head and chop off him up into little bits. But he asks for more time. And he prays with his friends. He has a good sleep. And the dream is then revealed to him. He praises God and tells Nebuchadnezzar the dream. He's promoted. And Nebuchadnezzar gives God then praise. You'd think as Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, uh, which he remembers this time and recounts it for us, that he'd go straight to Daniel. Daniel was able to interpret it last time through the work of God. But for some reason, Neb, at this point, doesn't. Well, well, why not? Why doesn't he remember how this worked out in the past? You see, we don't actually know why not. However, we can surmise that as Daniel is authoring the story for us, that he's, he's making sure that the emphasis is placed right where it needs to be, on the Lord's provision of the meaning. 
You see, this, this dream that didn't sound as complex as the first one in chapter two, Neb's wise men could probably have made it work as, as their interpretive efforts with it. But for some reason, they were held back and they couldn't. You see, the Lord in his sovereign power was leaving, leading Nebuchadnezzar to have that conversation with Daniel. Then question number two, read Daniel chapter four, verses 14 through 16. Nebuchadnezzar hears God's judgment as Daniel interprets the dream at this time. The tender grass and the dew from heaven that Nebuchadnezzar will receive are God's mercy within judgment. Have you ever seen in your life God's mercy within his judgment? Now this dream is absolutely intriguing. Neb's a giant tree in the middle of this earth. It's a central uh, theme where, where everywhere can see this gigantic tree rising from the earth. And it's so grand and so big that animals from far and wide find shade under it. Birds are making their homes in this particular tree. It's a picture of provision and security provided for by the one person, Neb. Not, not God, not anyone else, not Daniel and his, all his friends, but Neb. This is the, the context of his dream, that he is this person particular tree. But then this watchman comes out from the middle of nowhere and chops the tree down, and yet the stump remains and wrapped in this bronze thing so that it's preserved so that it doesn't actually fully die off, is the idea behind it. Neb isn't killed, just decimated and removed. Neb is then uh, to take the posture of a beast and to live off the land for a season. We'll, we'll come back to that in a later question. But while in that season, he's provided for. He'll have grass to eat and the dew of the earth to drink provided by God. He will be taken care of. Now, while being judged for being such a prideful king, the Lord extends to him mercy, providing him for uh, his basic needs, caring for and nurturing him. Now, in our, our, our lives now, we might face some images of being chopped down or being removed from power. Well, we might not actually face those things, but we may face significant life changes and, and things that happen. A, a loss of a job, a serious change in a relationship, um, a family member uh, getting sickness or, or worse. Uh, we might experience a broken bone or a nasty cold or anything like that, but it might not be physical. It might be emotional or spiritual. Um, it could be a series of bad dreams or spiritual dryness or, or things like that. However, while, while we, we might be in those moments, there are ways that the Lord is providing mercy and is extending his compassion upon us. It could be a delivered meal, a presence of a friend, uh, the prayers of God's people, a letter or a call with an encouraging word, an extra energy for a hard task. The ways in which the Lord provides for us are absolutely endless. And you know, for myself, uh, in this particular week that I've been having, it's been very full, it's been very robust. I got a call yesterday from one of our members, and it was so encouraging. This this uh, this member just wanted to say, hey, Pastor Adam, thank you for the work that you are doing in our, our church. Just want to let you know that my family and I, we're praying daily for the work that you do, and just lifting you up and encouraging you, and just know that you are loved and appreciated within our church family. I, I, was, I was floored by this phone call. It such a neat time in my, in my week where the this phone call was received. It's such a blessing. And so we say, bless you, God, for providing this moment for me. Um, that's where these delivered meals, the presence of a friend, these prayers of God's people, they all take extra meaning and have value in our lives as God uh, is surrounding us with his care and his compassion in the times that we have. 
So we understand that the ways in which the Lord provides, they're endless. Romans 8.28, Paul emphasizes that the Lord is always working within the nitty-gritty moments of our lives to work out his purposes for our purposes, which in the end are always good for the Lord and for the kingdom of God. So subpoint question here, read Jeremiah 18 verses 1 through 6 and John 15 verses 1 through 4. Two incredible images for us to look at here. So like Daniel, the disciples of Jesus are always being formed and equipped for effective ministry. How do you see Nebuchadnezzar being shaped and pruned? How have you experienced the same? So the Lord was working in Jeremiah here, showing him the realities of the Israelite nation around him. And in this example here in Jeremiah 18, the Lord is showing Jeremiah that he is in fact doing a good work of forming the nation and reworking it after it had spoiled. Then John picks up on a similar theme of shaping uh, as Jesus addresses the I am statement. Uh, I am the vine, Jesus says. Jesus tells us that the branches in his vine don't produce fruit. They will be removed. And so both images, we see the hand of the Lord shaping and forming his people to be just who he needs them to be. And for us, however, these moments appear to be painful. They appear to be hurtful. However, a warped lump lump of clay needs to be reshaped into a working vase. An underperforming branch is pruned off so that the rest of the plant can grow healthily and produce the fruit that it's been designed to produce. These moments are happening in Neb's life too, and they happen in ours. As we look back upon them, we can see God's hand guiding us towards just what he needs us to be, equipping and preparing our hearts and our minds for his service. This leads us into question number three. Read Daniel chapter 4, verses 27 through 30. The meaning of the dream is conditional. And Daniel outlines that if Nebuchadnezzar turns the focus of his heart, he won't be chopped down. However, he carries on in his prideful ways. Why are we guilty of the same? So this is a super intriguing part of the conversation that we can have around this particular text. As Daniel told Neb the dream that the, that the, this tree's going down and that he's going to be like a beast in the field. He's going to be off for a particular season. Now we'll come back to this, this point here. Uh, not necessarily seen as seven years, as uh, seven years of time, uh, seven periods like the scripture says. But what we can understand is seven being the, the number for perfection. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's to be removed for a perfect amount of time for him to work out the details of life with God. And he's given this period of time to do this within, and it's just perfect designed for Neb. We don't know if it's seven hours, seven days, seven years, or seven centuries. We don't, well, it's probably not seven centuries. He didn't live that long. It's the perfect amount of time. Jesus knows, God knows exactly what Neb needs in order to do the work that he needs. And he provides him that time. It's an interesting for, I think, for us to think about in the time frame that we are given. We're given the perfect amount of time to work it out with the Lord. Come back to our story here. So Neb is told by Daniel, it doesn't have to be this way. Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar that there is another way. If Neb was going to change, uh, acknowledge that the Lord, it is him who placed his power and it is God who gave him the authority, that these things, this tree coming down is not going to come to pass. So Neb hears all this, but he doesn't change. Now, now look at the use of pronouns in his rooftop proclamation there in verse 30, I believe it was. He says, is this not the great Babylon, which I have built with my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? He's been told to give that glory to God rather than try to grow that great tree larger on his own. And where he is, he's puffing out his own chest again. 
And, and you and I, we have in front of us this perpetual gift of the Lord's forgiveness. Yet we sound a whole lot like Le- Neb. We, we say to ourselves, uh, it's my life, God. I want to do it my way. Rather than saying, it's your life, God. Have your will be done for your glory. You see, I think as, as we've been exploring this book of Daniel so far, we are seeing ourselves as mirrors to Nebuchadnezzar here. And it's kind of sad to say it that way, but I think it's true. We, we, we might not be the leaders of the known world at that particular time with all the best things afforded to us in copious amounts of quantities. We might not have millions of people following our every word, and we might not have a whole team of servants that are there for our every beck and call. But we can certainly be prideful. We can be arrogant. We can be self-serving. We can forget all of the fruits of the Spirit all the way through life. So in this conversation, also use this moment to look ahead to uh, this future passage in uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 and 35, where Nebuchadnezzar's pronouns and the usage of his language completely has shifted. Uh, those words there, it's for his dominion and his kingdom, and he does, his land, say to him. And those are all references to God Almighty. And so we see an incredible change in this language. The Lord has been certainly at work in Nebuchadnezzar's life. So draw this conversation into the bullet point question where we read Romans 12 verse 16. The question being, how is living in harmony a solution? How would that have changed Nebuchadnezzar's heart and his actions? Well, Paul is authoring a portion of scripture here in Romans 12 that has a subtitle of love and action in the NIV and marks of a true Christian in the ESV. Amongst the the list of instructions and exhortations that Paul gives, this this particular uh, verse here keys in on this element of harmony, something that Nebuchadnezzar is everything but. And he provides us a list of challenges to change our frame of mind for living in today's context of our modern Babylon. One of the ways in which we need to, we, we, we teach about marriage, and I'm doing a wedding coming up this Saturday, and I'm going to bring this up. Um, we, we encourage couples at the start of their marriage journey is to encourage them to always lift up the needs of the other. And I'll speak to the groom and say, hey, groom, lift up the needs of the bride all the time. And I'll speak to the bride and say, hey, bride, you lift up the needs of the groom all of the time. No matter how hard it gets, we need to lift up the needs of the other. Well, Nebuchadnezzar had no interest in elevating the needs of his neighbors, the civilians, his leadership teams, or servants, or anyone else for that matter, other than his own. This is the complete opposite sense of harmony. What is interesting to note here is that God, through this dream, was not trying to remove Nebuchadnezzar from his kingship, but was trying to have Nebuchadnezzar acknowledge that it is the Lord who put them there. If he would have embraced Paul's words, which, yeah, of course, uh, he couldn't embrace Paul's words because Paul wasn't around him, Paul didn't write those words yet, But the words that Paul writes were the emphasis of what Daniel's presence was doing. This man, this king, could have been king for longer without that season of removal, and he could have gone without that challenge, and the Lord would have blessed him further. It's just fascinating to talk about here. So then take it home with this final question. Read Daniel 4, verses 36 to 37. Daniel can't be too far from Nebuchadnezzar as he's writing out these words. Can you imagine how proud Daniel is of the Lord's work in Nebuchadnezzar's life? Share with your life group those whom you have written on down on your PI2 card. What are you praying for when you think about them? How are you praying for them? The question asks. So again, Neb is one of these people who are writing these words down. He is an author right now of scripture, and he's recounting for us his journey to the Lord in the form of a testimony. And it's just still fascinating to think about that. 
So as this is captured in the book of Daniel, we have to think that Daniel's right there with Neb, helping him, helping him write. Maybe he's scribing Neb's words, or maybe he's editing them later to include them in his own version. Maybe he's even translating back to Hebrew or Aramaic, whatever the language was, from whatever it is that uh, Nebuchadnezzar spoke. And Daniel, as he's doing this, must just be beaming with pride, that the good spiritual kind of how the Lord has done an amazing work in Nebuchadnezzar's life. Daniel must have felt so honored, so privileged to have played a role within this whole moment of time as well. Well, so here at Gateway, we, we dial up our PI Squared initiative uh, throughout the year from time to time as, as we desire to be like Daniel, who gave of himself in incredible ways to grow God's kingdom. And surely the Lord has put lives of people into our lives that he is drawing to himself through our church members, through our church guests, and through our church visitors. All of these people God has placed in our lives and he has placed people in our lives. And so we, we have to think of our family, our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues, all the people that we path, our paths cross with and consider how the Lord is putting them on our hearts to be in prayer for, to befriend, and to invite, to take their next steps in, in the Christian journey, or even to start and initiate a Christian journey. So talk in your group and how you can support each other in this and be praying for those particular people that you're, you're talking about on your cards. And just be uh, talking about how we together as a life group, as a church ministry, as a church family, we can in fact be growing God's church here at Gateway, uh, here in Abbotsford, here in Canada, North America and the world and uh, see how that's going to happen. Well, friends, at this point, I just want to say thank you for being leaders once again. Uh, you guys, uh, you, men and women, you all rock. I love the fact that you're all doing this. Uh, so that all being said, we were just going to close up this little audio guide here. Uh, and again, I'm going to put out there once again, if you listen to this whole thing, I, I just remind you that I, I would love to hear back from you. So ask, answer this question via email or text uh, this fall season. What have been your favorite moments so far through your meetings? We'd just love again to hear from you. Well, blessings upon your week's meeting. I pray that the Lord would be uh, strong through them. Blessings to you all as you begin, as you start to serve and uh, hang out together with your groups. We'll talk another time.